Turn to page 352 in your hymn books, page 352, my hope is in the Lord, yours ought to be there also, my hope is in the Lord, 352, amen, my hope is in the Lord, who gave himself for me, and paid the price of all my sin at Calvary, for me he died, for me and light he freely gives no merit of my own his anger to suppress my only hope is found in Jesus righteousness for me he died for me he lives and everlasting life and light he freely and now for me he stands before the Father's throne. He shows his wounded hands and names me as his own. For me he died, for me he lives, and everlasting life and light he freely gives. His grace has planned it all. This mind but to believe and recognize his work of love and Christ receive for me he died for me he lives and everlasting life and light he freely gives. Amen. Now turn to page four twenty-two. Jesus Christ, yesterday, today, forever is the same. Amen. Yesterday, today, forever, 422. Oh, how sweet the glorious message simple faith may claim. Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. Still he loves to save the sinful, heal the sick and lame. Cheer the mourner, come the tempest, glory to his name. Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never, glory to his name. Glory to his name, glory to his name. All may change, but Jesus never, glory to his name. He who pardoned erring Peter never needs thou fear. He who came to faithless Thomas, all thy doubt will clear. He who led the loved disciple on his bosom rest, bids thee still with love and tender lean upon his breast. Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name, all may change, but Jesus never, glory to his name. He who made the raging billows walked upon the sea, still can hush our wildest tempest as on Galilee. He who wept and prayed in anguish in Gethsemane Drinks with us each cup of trembling in our agony Let me hear you! Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same All may change, but Jesus never Glory to his name Glory to his name Glory to his name, all may change, but Jesus never, glory to his name. On that last 
as of old he walked with Emmaus with them to abide. So through all life's way he walketh ever near our side. Soon again shall we behold him hasten o'er the day. But we'll still be this same Jesus as he went away one more time. Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. Amen. And let's do one more song, 355. 355, oh happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. Amen. 355, oh happy day that fixed my choice on thee, my Savior and my God. Well, may this glowing heart rejoice and tell its raptures all abroad. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. Oh, happy bond that seals my vows to him who merits all my love. Let cheerful anthems fill his house while to that sacred shrine I move. Happy day, happy day, wash my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. Tis done the great transactions done. I am my Lord's and he is mine. He drew me and I followed on, charmed to confess the voice divine. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. Now rest my long divided heart, fixed on this blissful center rest. Forever from my Lord depart, with him from every good possess. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. He taught me how to watch and pray, and live rejoicing every day. Happy day, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we come here with many burdens. We come here, Lord, uh, from a week in the world, and we just pray now, Father, that uh, those of us that have come deaf, dumb, and blind, Lord, you'd uh, help us to understand your word this morning. I pray for us saved folks, Lord, who need refining in our lives to be more like Christ. And Lord, I pray for those who aren't saved today, Lord, that today would be the day that they would, uh, Lord, be pricked in their heart and, Father, accept Jesus as their Savior, their friend, their helper. I pray, God, that you would take this time and use it, Father, to build your work here in Astoria and change our lives, Lord, to make a difference in this world. And I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, let's do one more song. 378, 378. Now I belong to Jesus. If you're born again, you do belong to Jesus. Amen. Jesus, my Lord, will love me forever. 
From him no power of evil can sever. He gave his life to ransom my soul. Now I belong to him. Now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. Not for the years of time alone, but for eternity. Once I was lost in sin's degradation, Jesus came down to bring me salvation, lifted me up from sorrow and shame. Now I belong to Him. Now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. Not for the years of time alone, but for eternity. Now this time we'll have all the kids, 11 and under, dismissed to the junior church. Let's sing that last verse. Joy floods my soul, for Jesus has saved me, freed me from sin that long had enslaved me. His precious blood he gave to redeem. Now I belong to him. Now belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. Not for the years of time alone, but for eternity. Amen. And you may be seated. Just before the message this morning, I'm going to have Brother Franz bring us a song. Listen very closely to the words. May they prepare your heart for the message to come. With my whole heart, I humbly seek you. Now use my life, O oh Lord, I pray. I yield my stubborn will completely. May your commandments light my way. My life, Lord, is yours to control. I give you my heart and my soul. I'll seek your will never mind, rich treasure to find. Give wisdom to choices I may, along every path that I take. So when I complete life's race, well done you will say. promised me the victory and all I need to do is claim your strength to soar with wings as eagles to walk to run and not to faint my life Lord is yours to control I give you my heart and my soul I'll seek your will never mind rich treasure to find give wisdom to choices I make along every path that I take so when I complete life's race well done you will say so when I complete life's race well done you will 
Amen. Let's take our Bibles and open to Hebrews chapter 6. And of course, if you've been around here on Thursday nights, we have been in this chapter quite extensively. Uh, it's taken us three weeks, and uh, we've gotten through the, verse, the first two and a half verses of the chapter. But this morning, our text is going to come from the end of the chapter. We are doing somewhat of a series on Sunday mornings on the words of God. And uh, two weeks ago, we went over how that God spoke the, world, the worlds into being. God's words are very powerful. And then last week, we talked about how that the words of the Lord, the name of the Lord, which is the word of God, is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. And this morning, I'd like to just kind of draw together what we've covered the last two weeks. And there has to come a time. I mean, we can know all of these things about God and His words. Amen. And still never experience and know the truth of them. You stop your average person on the street, and we, we live in America, quote-unquote Christian country. Uh, it's not really a Christian nation, hasn't been for years, because as a people we've turned our back on God and His Word. But most people know about Jesus. Most people have heard the name. Some people only know it as a curse word, but most most people know something about this person called Jesus. Uh, Barna and these people who take polls say that there's 75 or 80 percent of Americans believe in a God. Strangely enough, it's somewhere in that same category uh, a preponderance of the majority believe that they're going to go to heaven someday. The Bible teaches us very different. Jesus was the one that said, Straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. In Luke, he told us that we were to strive to enter in at the straight gate. It said, For many shall want to desire and not be able to. And, and those words are, are frightening to me. And I, I come down here to, to verse 17 and, and of, of Hebrews chapter 6, and we read, Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of the promise the immutability of His counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner for us is entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. As we read these words, it tells us first that God is willing more abundantly to show to us, to show the heirs of the promise the immutability of His counsel. Now, if you're saved here today, if you know that you're on your way to heaven, if you know that if, if something were to happen today and you would be in heaven before your body had time to slump out of the seat and hit the floor, you know so because of one thing. You believe God's words. Oftentimes people look for comfort and for some sense of security. The only security that I can give you today, the only security that I have are the words that are in this book called the Bible. 
How many of you used to believe in things that now you don't believe in? You believed in those things because somebody told you. Now, I, I look out over here. We have all older teens and adults. I, I think we could deal with this subject effectively. How many of you used to believe in Santa Claus? Hmm? How many of you used to believe in Santa Oh, come on. You can admit it. Uh, you can't be honest in church. Where can you be honest? Amen? I mean, some of you, I mean, I remember when I was a little kid, I believed in Santa Claus. Why? Because my parents told me so. And I saw him on TV, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and all those good things. And I mean, when you were a little kid, you used to believe that stuff, didn't you? Then you found out the truth. I don't know how many of you remember. I remember when my parents sat me down and told me there was no Santa Claus. That was a tough one. But you said so. You, what do you mean? And, and I never could figure out how he got down the chimney because if I went down the basement and checked, it was connected to the furnace. Uh, didn't quite figure out. I mean, there were some questions going on in my little brain. But we like to believe things because people tell us so. But when it comes to the Word of God, we're not sure. wonder why that is. None of one of us had any problems when we were kids believing in Santa Claus. Then we found out there wasn't one. And I, and I hope I haven't shattered anybody's bubble this morning by revealing that truth. But I think most of us are okay with that. It says here, wherein God willing more abundantly to show... Now, it's important who he's showing this to. Unto the heirs of the promise, the immutability of his counsel. Now, there's some big words in there. Immutability simply means unchangeable. Remember last week how we learned that the tower of the Lord, and we put that in its historical context, and, and it is an, uh, a tower in those days was an unattackable, it was... It was a place that was totally secure. Today, a tower is not very secure. Uh, but we put it in its historical context, and, and, and we would find out, like, uh, I guess today's equivalent would be a bunker. And I, I, we talked about that bunker in the mountain last week, and I heard this week on the radio, they're closing it down uh, because it's too expensive to keep open. I'm glad God doesn't run into budget shortfalls. Amen. He doesn't have to close down his security and his protection. His word is just as secure today as it was the day that it was penned. Oh, yes, I know that these words were originally penned in Greek. And I stand before you preaching out of an English Bible. But they're the same words. History, documentation, Prove beyond any honest evaluation that I can say I am holding in my hand God's word, period. It doesn't contain God's words and other additives or errors. It is God's word right here in English. And if English is not your mother tongue, there are other versions of the Bible in other languages. Just don't get another version of the Bible in English, please. They've been messed with. There's problems. One of these days we're going to spend a whole service on just why the King James is the Bible we use. I don't know when that's coming, but fasten your seatbelts. It's going to come sometime. Amen? Um, but let's move on here. God says that He wants to show us more abundantly the immutability of his counsel, he confirmed it with an oath. God promised. God said, I swear. Now, who did God swear by? When we say, 
I'm telling the truth. I swear on a stack of Bibles. Now, who did God swear by? He said, by myself. Amen. That's all God needed to do, is he gave us his word. Now, I'm here to tell you today, if you cannot trust the words of this book called the Bible, you cannot be saved. You cannot find heaven. You will never be in the presence of God except for judgment to be condemned forever. If you cannot believe and trust these words, there is no hope in eternity for you. This is all that we have. What would you know about God if it weren't written down in this book? Very, very little. Romans chapter 1 says we can look into creation and know that he existed. Amen? You can pick up this microphone and know that the Sennheiser Corporation, it says made in Germany. Uh, there wasn't just a box of metal and screen and all this stuff and somebody shook it together and shipped a microphone to the United States, right? It was made on purpose. Its design tells us that. The, way, the fact that it works tells us that somebody put it together in a way to make it do what it's supposed to do. Amen? How much more infinitely complicated is this universe? How much more infinitely complicated is this body that we sit in as we're here? And yet it works. Amen? It demands a creator. Verse 18 says that by two immutable things, two unchangeable things, two things that cannot be changed no matter what, those two things are God's counsel and God's word. You can't change them. God's person it's impossible for God to lie. God said, I'm going to show you the immutability of his counsel. He says, I'm going to show you the unchangeableness of my counsel by promising you, on top of the fact that I've said it, I'm going to promise you that this is what is true. It is impossible for God to lie. It says, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. It says that we might have a strong consolation. How many of us have been lonely, weary, worn out, frustrated, having no direction in life? That's what happens when you do not have consolation. Amen? It says here that God wants to give us strong consolation. He wants to give us comfort to the depth of our soul. The history of God's people has been a history of suffering. Amen? It has been a history of being attacked within and without it is, it, we talk about the Christian life often as a battle, and it is every day. You must battle against yourself. You must battle against the world in which we live. We must battle against temptations. We must battle against all of the things that are around us. Everything is against serving God, is it not? We get weary. The consolation is... I've got God's word. But it's of no consolation until you believe it. Amen? And belief without action is not belief. I mean, we've told the story before. Many years ago, they used to allow tightrope walking across Niagara Falls. And a man strung a tightrope across Niagara Falls. And he said, how many people think I can walk across the falls? And 
Everybody clapped, and he walked across and walked back. He said, how many people think I can push this wheelbarrow across the falls? And everybody clapped, and he pushed the wheel. He took the tire off so that the rim sat on the rope, and he pushed that wheelbarrow across the falls, and he pushed it back. He said, how many of you think I could push this wheelbarrow across the falls with someone in it? And everybody clapped. He said, now who's going to get in? Don't you just hate that? The story I heard was one little boy said, I'll get in, mister. And he said, now you have to sit real still and you cannot move. He said, you just hold on to the side of the wheelbarrow and I'll push you across and back. And he said, I'll do whatever you say. And that little boy got a view of Niagara Falls that none of us would ever hope to have. Amen. Because we're not going to get in the wheelbarrow. But isn't that what believing really is? We don't want to just see Niagara Falls. We want to escape the wrath and judgment of God. That cannot be accomplished by your own designs. You cannot pay for what you have done wrong. The consolation is, it is finished, amen? It's not what I have done. I've had people over the years as we've been out witnessing and they'll say, uh, and I'll, I'll say, I, listen, I know I'm going to heaven. First question, who do you think you are? Oh, nobody special. But I have a strong consolation. You see, my Savior promised he'd pay the price for all my sins. Amen. Not just part of them. Not just the ones I bring to church. Not just the ones I'm able to remember. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. We get worn out because we're trying to do something to please God. Ever been there? No, the consolation is Jesus paid it all. Amen. It says, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. How many of you remember back before you trusted Jesus as your Savior? And you were concerned about your soul, but you weren't quite sure what was going to get you into heaven. Anybody try the good works versus bad works scale? How many good things do I have to do to get rid of the bad things that I've done? How good is good, my friend? How many good things do you have to do? And did you do enough good things to actually pay for the bad things that you did the week before? And by the way, how many of us have a good enough memory to even remember all the bad things that we've done? You know, our memory is incredibly adaptive, is it not? Oh, I didn't even realize that that garbage needed taken out. I forgot completely about it. How many of us like to forget nasty jobs? I mean, it just comes natural, doesn't it? What if your eternal security depended on your memory? We'd all be lost. I think of the people who literally torture themselves. Trying to get some peace in their heart. We have psychiatric wards full of people who cannot even utter a word of speech, but inside they're going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't know how to stop being sorry. I don't know how to forgive myself for what I've done or what somebody's done to me. The world is full of torment. It is full of people who do all kinds of crazy things. I mean, we have people now that believe that if they strap bombs on themselves and blow themselves up, that somehow they're pleasing God. I can't imagine something so perverse as that. 
But it goes on. We have to believe it. We read it in the papers. I mean, it's there. It's undeniable. There are people who set out on journeys. They call them pilgrimages. And they'll half starve themselves to death and they'll deprive themselves of all kinds of things. And most people say, well, you're just talking about the Catholics. No, Buddhists make pilgrimages. Hindus make pilgrimages. All kinds of religions have pilgrimages. But do they accomplish anything? Just more trial and more suffering and more struggle. It says that we have a refuge. We have a protection from all of that stuff. Thursday night we were talking about the faith healers that are out there. You go to one of those guys and you have a sickness, you have a disease and, and they come and they lay their hands on you or whatever they do to you and, and you don't get healed. And you call them up on the phone and you say, Hey, Mr. Hinn, you said you healed me and it didn't work. You know what's gonna ha- what he's going to say? He's going to say, You didn't have enough faith. If you'd only had enough faith, you could have unleashed the power that God has given me to heal you. What would that do to you if you really believe that? What kind of torture would that evoke in your heart and in your soul? We get into this faith mill where we just try to gin it up. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Why can't I believe? There's only one protection from that. It's a refuge. God said he paid it all. Amen. It says that we can flee for a refuge for the hope set before us. My hope is heaven, my friend. There are religions that say, oh, only the 144,000 are going to heaven. Not so, my friend. You can settle for halfway, but halfway doesn't make it to heaven. I'm going to be where God is. Because he said so, amen? It says, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil. Now, you have to know your Old Testament to know what he's talking about, the veil. He's talking about the veil that separates the holy place from the holy of holies in the tabernacle and then in the temple after that. He's talking about what will usher us into the very presence of Almighty God. Jesus is already there. Now, I want us to turn to John chapter 14, if you would. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. This is a passage we've been to several times. This is familiar ground for most of us. And and I pray that it would be. But I want you to look that the writer of Hebrews was speaking the same words. Jesus was speaking in, in John chapter 14. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Again, we have two immutable things, do we not? We have God the Father and God the Son. We have Jesus just hours before he is going to be arrested and go through the suffering of the cross telling his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. What kind of refuge is that? Amen. What kind of hope do we have? Here's our hope. In my father's house are many mansions. Now, if you got one of those newfangled Bibles, it says in my father's house are many rooms. I don't want a room. Amen. I want what the Bible says is going to be mine. By the way, I don't plan on spending much time in the mansion. Because I want to be by the throne. Amen. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Someone aptly noted it only took six days to create the entire universe. He's been preparing for nearly 2,000 years. What must this place be like? It's far above anything you can imagine. 
But I'll tell you this. The most wonderful thing about heaven is that Jesus is there. Be able to talk to him even as we sit here in this auditorium. Thoughts crowd into our minds. Cares and problems of this world burden us down. We're sitting there trying to think and strange noises happen outside. They're torching the roof next door. And uh, all kinds of things happen to distract us, to keep us from those things that are going on. Jesus said, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That is what I'm going to have in heaven. Unfettered access to God. I'm going to know him as much as he knows me. That's unbelievable. And we read on. And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? The great, one of the great verses in the Bible, Jesus says, Jesus saith unto him, I am what? The way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He says, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We go back to the book of Hebrews and we'll just make a few comparisons and we'll be done this morning. Hebrews chapter 6 again. It tells us that we have this hope as an anchor of the soul, both steadfast and sure, that Jesus Christ has already entered into the veil for us. He has already gone through death's door. He has already risen again from the dead. He is already waiting for us on the other side. Now the simple question comes down to this today. We know the power of God's Word. Amen? We know the strength and the protection of that God's Word is capable of offering. Amen? Is it yours? Do you have this strength and this protection? Is this power at work in your heart and in your life? When the troubles and the trials of this life come up, are we left with a calculator and an analytical reasoning ability? Or are we hiding behind the Word of God? Is our hope in the things that are in this world only? Or is our hope beyond this realm of things which we can see and feel and experience? Is our hope in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, we like to generate a lot of emotion as human beings. We like emotional things. That's why we build amusement parks. That's why we uh, have uh, scary movies and Halloween's coming up and all of these things. And we, we just like to put ourselves on an emotional roller coaster. We make movies today about military things that are so real that they give men who are actually on the battlefield flashbacks. I'll tell you what, I praise God for every serviceman and woman that is willing to go and, and leave the safety of these shores and ensure that what we have here, it stays safe. And I, I don't know how to put it in words. But no person should, no human being should have to go through what they go through. But no one with any sense at all would willingly go and put themselves through that just so they can feel emotional roller coaster and pretend that they know what our soldiers go through on the battlefield. That's dumber than a box of rocks, my friend. Stay away from those violent movies. They're not going to help you. They're just going to torment your soul. Some of the things our soldiers see will destroy parts of their human thinking and emotional that will never, ever be right. Don't make fun of our military personnel that have problems. You pray for them. 
You comfort them in every way. They're doing things so we can be saved. But our Lord and Savior did something for us. He went through the cross so that we can be free. He died so that we can have a hope to anchor our souls in a refuge from all of the toil and the struggles of this life. And all he wants us to do is believe on him. Do you remember that day you trusted Jesus as your Savior? Do you remember that day when you simply believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Could you say amen? That's the anchor. That's what the whole world's looking for. Do you remember your false religion, the things that you used to do? You were hoping that someday you could be good enough to get to heaven. Amen? Jesus said, I've already done it all. That's our refuge. Now I have a life to live. And I can live that life in the knowledge that heaven is already my home. My sins are already forgiven. And what it's time to do is to give that life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let him do with it what he wants. What did Jesus say? I am the way. You want to know what God wants you to do with your life? Just give it to Jesus. Amen. You say, how do I do that? Well, it starts today. It starts right where you are. If he doesn't have your soul, he doesn't have you. You don't have to cry. You don't have to jump up and down. You don't have to roll down the aisle. You don't have to feel all of these things. In fact, a lot of times our emotions get in the way and really confuse us and add trouble and turmoil to this thing. I like to tell people our emotions are like little children. If you don't run them, they'll run you. Emotions are the spice of life. But if you've ever overspiced the soup pot, you know that there's a lot of trouble waiting for you. Amen? You can get very ill if you put too much spice in the pot. What we need to do is make sure that our life is anchored to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we walk with him each step of the way. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. And Lord, it is so simple to just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet we have so many emotions and so many things and so... Uh, many distractions and uh, Lord even during this service this morning we just pray that in these moments that we would be willing to or able to shut out the distractions and concentrate upon your words those words are so strong and so powerful and yet Lord if we do not surrender to them we can never have salvation Lord, we pray for each one that is here today that they would be willing to surrender their heart and their life to you. We pray for those here today that are unsaved, that they would be willing to lay the turmoil, the frustration, the distractions, everything aside and simply trust in you. Lord, we pray for the saved here today that they would not be behaving as those who have no anchor, that they would not be trying to reach out to other things, but they would be simply satisfied with your words. We ask for the protection and the refuge they give. We ask that we would live daily the words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Lord, will you do your work in each heart and life here today? In 
Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Franz, if you'd come and lead us in the hymn of invitation, page number 558 in your hymnal. The words of this song simply ask you the question, if you'll put your hands in a nail-scarred hand, if you'll simply just trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and as we sing, will you look at your life and ask the question, what you need to do Just sing that chorus one more time, and if no one else comes, then we'll be finished. But let's just sing that chorus one more time. Brother Franz, if you would lead us, if you need to come, now is the time. Just a moment to remind you of our uh, 